Hey readers, welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 techs working in the Child and Youth Programming Department with a passion for children's literature. And this is the place to discover new and exciting book recommendations for kids. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital form, which include picture books, junior fiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. readers who just want to you know really enjoy this season this this fall autumn season um and our first one as always let's start with our buddy read that we did this month we talked about dj McHale's curse of the boggin this is the first in the library series that currently has three works you may have heard of DJ McHale. He is well known for the Pen Dragon series. He also writes for Are You Afraid of the Dark? So he is a seasoned horror writer for children. So here is a little bit of a blurb about Curse of the Boggin. So we've got a little boy named Alec, and this is how the story begins. It's so fast paced and it begins like right away, page one. We meet a little boy named Alec living in New York City. He's continuously waking up in the middle of the night, hearing scratching and growling and other weird sounds under his bed. And one night, finally, this evil entity is released and forces Alec to flee to the roof of his building. His father runs after him, but in the midst of trying to grab him from the side of the building, his dad falls, plummeting to his death. In another city, we have Marcus O'Mara. He is 13, he has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's serving detention again for disrespecting a teacher. Marcus is a bit of a lost soul. He's getting into trouble regularly and fighting with both his parents, his adopted parents and his friends. While sitting in detention, he sees some really bizarre things including a bull running loose through the school weird, and an old man in a bathrobe who holds out this antique looking skeleton key. As this is all going down, someone somewhere is whispering, surrender the key. So how are Alec and Marcus and this key all connected? Well, you got to read the book to tell you, to find out. And we're not going to tell you because there's no spoilers in this book. No. So Laura, what do you think? So Curse of the Boggin, why do our spooky tale readers, why should they pick this one up? I loved it because, I mean, like you said, it's definitely a fast paced book. And, you know, I mean, I gave it four out of five. I really enjoyed it. And it was definitely a page turner. There were no dull moments in this book whatsoever. And I love the camaraderie of their friendship. I love um, just the things that you discover throughout and the things that you're constantly left wondering, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I agree. Great. I love the friendships. And one thing I think we're going to talk about a lot today is how these spooky reads are not just horror tales. They're not just scary tales. They're multi-layered pieces of fiction book, like children's books that are just, that have so much to them. Um, And a big part of this one, like you said, is those friendships and the family dynamics and where um, Marcus comes from. And it's just, there's, there's lots going on. I think this one 
is a super, like, it's obviously a supernatural mystery. Um, it's perfect for Goosebumps fans. If you're mm-hmm. in Goosebumps series, I would definitely pick this one up. Um, it's great because it's a series because you'll have other books to pick up afterwards. And... And I just love that there's a library connection too. I was like, ooh, the library. That's kind of what initially triggered me to be like, oh, we should try this book for a buddy read. So yeah. Yeah. And the library is awesome. So the library, we I think we can say without giving any spoilers, is the key. So Marcus sort of inherits this key, and this key allows him to access this mysterious library. So he can put the key in any lock and he has like entrance into this library. And there's like there's, a, there's at least one staff member working there who sort of oversees this library and the library is filled with all of these books that about real people with unfinished stories. So Marcus's job is to help finish those stories and right. he can't really do it because there's the Boggin who in the first book is sort of, I think it's only, she's, the Boggin's really only um the human form is like an old lady like a creepy old lady I don't know if that changes in the later books but there it's a creepy old lady and she's trying to stop him from accessing the library and finishing those books by stealing the key yeah this is really fast paced um I gave it three ghost emojis and all the books I read I gave it a scale of so one ghost emoji it's not scary at all and then Mm -hmm. five like like super horror fiction for children, not right. scary. <laughs> yes. I would give three ghost emojis. Definitely check it out. That's Curse of the Boggin by DJ McHale. Okay, so I'm going to start out, like I said, with my least scary to my scariest book that I read this month. So the first one I'm going to discuss, I gave one ghost emoji. So kids, pick it up. It's not going to give you nightmares. <laughs> You'll be perfectly fine, I promise you. It's a graphic novel. It's called Sheets by Brenna Thumler. So this is a graphic novel with a paranormal twist. It's perfect for kids ages nine to 12, maybe even eight to 12. Mm-hmm. Multi-layered, like I said, I'm going to repeat that a lot because it's not just a scary read. So it Sheets is low level creepy. It's high on the cute and the thoughtful level. And here's our setup. So here we've got Marjorie, a young teen working at her family's laundromat pretty much anytime she's not in school. She's lonely and sad, not really fitting in at her school. She has no friends. Honestly, she rarely smiles, which is heartbreaking as you turn the pages because the illustrations are so beautiful and emotional. And when you see this young girl and she's not even smiling ever, like you're like, whoa, what is up with her? She's got a rough life. You like, you really feel for her. Her responsibilities really weigh on her heavily. And this young girl, as she tries to keep her family's sole income in business, and she takes care of her younger brother and her grief stricken father. Until one day she encounters Wendell, an adorable ghost seeking a purpose in the forbidden human world. The cover says a lot. It's absolutely adorable. Wendell is like the cutest ghost I've seen since Casper. (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, The story really covers a lot. We deal with grief and bullying, death, family, economical struggles, mental health, and friendship. She really packs a lot into this seemingly cutesy story. And I just, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and thought-provoking. One of my 
favorite quotes throughout the whole thing, which I noticed was patience is the thread of healing. And I really would hand this to so many kids, any kid really, but if they're, if they're struggling with anything, if they're going through like a grief period of their, their lives, like, I think it will really help them heal. Um, I loved how Brenna shifts from black and white whenever she's talking about Wendell and his sort of ghost world with his fellow ghost friends and family, and then shifts to these really beautiful, like fall oranges and brown colors when she's talking about Marjorie in her New England home. Obviously, that cover too. I mean, the the colors, the colors on that cover are just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And there is a follow up called Delicates, <laughs> of course. I absolutely loved it. That's Sheets by Brenna Thumbler. So I have the perfect segue from Sheets because my first picture book, I'm going to do all my picture book selections right now for the month. My first picture book is called The Little Ghost Who Was a Quilt. So a great segue from Sheets. This book is written by uh, Riel Mason and illustrated by Byron Eggenschweiler. The book itself I mean like I I, the illustrations are absolutely stunning it's a little it's hauntingly beautiful um it's the quilt itself because you'll see the quilt it's just it's beautiful if you're a quilt lover this is a great book um uh there once well there was a little ghost who was a quilt and he didn't know why he was a quilt because all of his friends and family were sheets or lace curtains and they had no problem whirling and twirling through the air but when you're a quilt it's a little bit tougher swirl and twirl through the air so the quilt is always wondering why am I the way that I am but one Halloween evening the quilt discovers why he is the way he is and it brings him new life it gives him meaning and from there so it's definitely not um, a scary book the story isn't scary some of the illustrations may frighten some of our more innocent readers um, but the story itself is absolutely beautiful The end papers are stunning. The illustrations throughout are just amazing. I love the subtle uses of color that are used throughout the book. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it pops. It's great. So that is The Little Ghost Who Was a Quilt by Riel Mason and illustrated by Byron Eggenschweiler. And I would give it a two ghost, I guess, out of five. Two. Okay. Next. My next one is called Poultry Geist. So I should preface this. I don't like horror. I don't like scary stuff. And Poltergeist as a kid, like that movie, I think I turned off. I was so scared. So anyway, this book is called not one of my favorites. I love it. No, TV. Little girl. She died. Okay. Okay. No. Okay, I digress. Digress. Back we go. Focus. Poltergeist, not Poltergeist. Poltergeist, written by Eric Jerome and illustrated by uh, by Pete Oswald. Who you'll, if you've read any of the Good Egg, the Bad Seed. This is Pete Oswald. He's fantastic. Um, poultry guys. So here's what I have to say. We all know the joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, this chicken didn't look both ways before crossing and he went to the other side. Right? Uh, he's welcomed by unfortunate roadkill when he gets to the other side who tried to, to convince him to be something that he just isn't. He's just not what they want him to be. The book is charming. The illustrations may leave again once may leave our young readers a little bit frightened, but you're going to laugh throughout the book. It's just it's great. Um, I loved it. Again, probably a maybe a two out of five for our younger readers, and that's Poultry Geist 
by Eric Jerome and illustrated by Pete Oswald. My last book is She Made a Monster, How Mary Shelley Created Frankenstein, written by Lynn Fulton and illustrated by Felicita Sala. Um, so this book, I, I've heard of it before, never picked it up. Um, you may find it in nonfiction in your library, but we have it in our picture books and we actually have it as a Vox books, which means that it's read to you. It's automatically built into the book and the book will read to you. Fantastic. The narration is just equally as a little bit creepy as the illustrations themselves. But I do love a good nonfiction picture book because it's a great way to get readers engaged in something that they don't know about. And Mary Shelley uh, I mean, young readers aren't necessarily going to read Frankenstein, but they may have seen the character somewhere. So this book is perfect to get you to understand the background and how Mary Shelley came to become a writer, first of all, because in the 1800s, being a woman and becoming a writer was not an easy task. And this also tells you how she became inspired to write and create Frankenstein, the character itself. Um, the story takes place 200 years ago. Uh, She's looking for inspiration to write a spooky ghost story. But when she overhears a conversation with men talking about electricity and bringing things to life, her imagination is sparked. So, I mean, you know that she's a creative person. Her imagination begins to run wild. And the rest is history. It tells you the tale of how she created Frankenstein. I also love at the end, there's the author's note that goes on to tell you a little bit more about Mary Shelley, um, the book publication, all that. It's a great book. Again, these illustrations are really, truly haunting, but in a beautiful way. I mean, if you don't like scary pictures, then this book, if you're a young reader, you're, it, it may not sit well with you, but they're absolutely stunning in that sense as well. So I absolutely love this book. She Made a Monster, How Mary Shelley Created Frankenstein, written by Lynn Fulton and illustrated by Felicita Sala. Beautiful. I'd give it a, I'd give it a three ghost, maybe out of five. I would agree with the three solid yeah. ghost emojis. I yeah. actually own that book and I would co-sign on that. Which I, would, I was not surprised to learn that Diana owned the book. I've made it my mission to try to scare my child and she's, <laughs> she's the opposite of your kids. She's, she's yes. not scared at anything, um, yeah. but you're right. The illustrations in that are fantastic. Oh. And narrative nonfiction is really the way to go, especially if you have a yeah. reluctant because it's just so interesting, but it's it done really is. In such a one, like a, just a succinct, like beautiful way. I love it. That's a great one. Yeah. Yep. Great pick, Laura. Thanks. Okay, so, okay, I'm still in my milder picks. I'm okay. gonna, like I said, I'm gonna get scarier. So this one, I would give two ghost emojis and that's Ophie's Ghosts by Justina Ireland. Now this is, I believe her first middle grade book. She's well known for, well known for the Dread Nation series in YA, which is really popular and really phenomenal. So this is middle grade nine to 12. It's a mystery slash historical fiction slash supernatural mystery. Like there's a lot going on here. Um, it's not really creepy, but again, it's multi-layered. Um, I described it as like hiding vegetables in food for children. Like 
they will read, like they'll pick it up. And that is the best analogy ever, by the way. So again, so I feel like these books, like the covers are great. Um, I feel like the creepy tone and, you know, just the scary nature really attracts a lot of kids, but I'll tell you, there is so much going on in this book, historical fiction wise, that I was like, I was educating myself as I read it. And I just, I thought it, it's absolutely phenomenal. That's why I love Uh, historical fiction. It's so great. Right. I mean, especially for a young reader too. It's, it's wonderful. So here's the setup for the first time. So the first time Ophelia, Ophie Harrison saw a ghost was the night her father was murdered by a lynch mob in 1922. Ophie and her mother escaped from Georgia that very night and start a new life in Pittsburgh. Desperate for work and a living wage, they both accept jobs as servants for the Carruthers family at Daffodil Manor. Obviously this manor is full of ghosts and Ophie can see them all. This is really crummy for Ophie because she wants to go to school and she's forced to work as a servant with her mom because they can't afford for her to go to school. So that part was really sad. She starts to see, like I said, she can see all the ghosts, including one named Clara, the beautiful ghost with some unfinished business to take care of. Clara and Ophie work together to solve a scandalous murder from the past and figure out how Clara died. This, This book is phenomenal. I give it two ghost emojis, like I said, but five stars overall because it really is a phenomenal middle grade. There's detailed historical content, it's atmospheric, It brilliantly examines the haunting aftermath of racial trauma and how people thrived despite it. Like like I said, layer upon layer upon layer done amazingly well. In addition to that, it's suspenseful, has a supernatural element with a little twist of like a Sherlock Holmes whodunit narrative, which Mm -hmm. it was just, I'm so impressed with this one. Ophelia is a wonderful character. You absolutely love her and you root for her throughout the whole story, which is another part of why you will love it. And the ending is satisfy- is both satisfying and hopeful. That's Ophie's Ghosts by Justina Ireland. Can we add too that the audiobook is narrated by like our mutual one of our mutual favorite narrators, Bonnie Turpin? Oh my gosh. I, I can't wait. That. I'm on the whole list for the audiobook because I just love to listen to Bonnie Turpin tell me anything. So I know. And she I usually will mark the audiobook narration because uh, yeah, Bonnie, we're Bonnie Turpin, you're not gonna be listening to this, but you're our biggest fan. We're your yeah. biggest fan. We, we love you. Um, so yeah, if you need it on audio, definitely check that out. It, it is, it's, I always check out the audio as well as read it. So either format, whatever works for you. Totally. Yep. Now my next middle grade, I'm going to jump in because it really relates well to Ophie's ghosts. Now we're getting a little creepier. I think I gave this one three ghost emojis, but as I look at the cover, I think I might change it to 3.5 ghost emojis. And the book I'm going to talk about is The Forgotten Girl by India Hill Brown. So this is India Hill Brown's debut novel, and it's fantastic. Here we've got a story of friendship and family and forgiveness. It's, again, it's creepy and scary, or it wouldn't be on the show today. It deals with segregated graveyards, a thing from the author's own grandmother's past. I know, segregated graveyards what are those again like 
this is a creepy book oh. to educate and entertain right. and just really it's just again so satisfying just as wonderful as Opie's ghosts here so this one again like curse of the boggin like it starts mm. from page one yeah so we've got two best friends we've got iris and daniel so they're best friends and they're neighbors and one night they sneak out of their house to explore the first snowfall of the year they live in North Carolina, so it doesn't snow very often. So when it does, it's like a super big deal. So they decide, they make a plan to escape the house in the middle of the night. The parents don't know. And they go to play in the snow. And as they're playing in the snow, making snow angels, they discover a grave for a little girl named Avery Moore. Can you imagine? You're out there making snow, snow angels and it's like, no. I'm, I'm on a grave. Okay. So Avery Moore, guess when Avery Moore was born? Like her, her birth, like month and day. That day? May 5th, my birthday. <gasps> and, Cinco. Then, and I'm like, Cinco de Mayo, that's when I was born. So they unwillingly sort of summon the ghost of this girl who was buried in a segregated graveyard. So the two of them, so in the, in the midst of all this, Iris is having trouble sleeping. She's having nightmares. And then after this happens, she sort of feels like this ghost follows her home and she can see her and communicate with her. So she's a bit of a, we're so we're getting, we're moving from like ghosts to our protagonists communicating with these ghosts. And so Iris and her friend, her best friend, Daniel, they sort of go down this rabbit hole of research. So they make it, they choose to do this as a school project, like researching the segregated graveyards of the past. And again, like I just, it once again, educated me. I thought it was so interesting. Um, again, those multi layer, just layers and layers of content, like India Hill Brown did a phenomenal job writing this story like it was so unique it was creepy there's moments like Avery I have to say is not a happy ghost she's feeling a little miffed by the fact that she's buried there and forgotten and of course the book's called The Forgotten Girl and it's interesting how Iris and Avery connect because Iris is having issues at school and she's feeling like she's being left out because of the color of her skin. And there's girls who are not really noticing her. And then we have Avery and the two of them connect on this other mystical, mystical, realistic level. Like it's, it's so, it's so cool. It was so well done. I, I thought the history was interesting and it really draws focus to the importance of history and how our past connects to our present and future. And I just thought it was phenomenal. So that's my three, 3.5 ghost emojis. Um, the Forgotten Girl by India Hill Brown. So I am here with my immersion pick for the month. Um, I have to preface this with saying, um, as a kid growing up, I absolutely loved Charlie Brown. And I loved The Great Pumpkin. Like every year for Halloween, I mean, it was like, I had to watch The Great Pumpkin. And I'm still the same now. I make my kids watch it, even though they probably don't like it as much as I do, but I love it. So I, there's this new book that's just come out this year. It's Peanuts Countdown to Halloween with the story a day. And that's literally what it is. It's 31 short stories that your emergent reader 
could read with you. You could help them. You could read it to them. They can follow along. I love it. They're literally a page long with, of course, amazing illustrations. Um, it's there. It's the illustrations are done by Robert Pope in Charles M. Schultz's manner, of course. Um, but they're great because they're a page long, big font, and you can read one a day leading up to Halloween. So how is that? Because I mean, October, if you celebrate Halloween and if your kids are like my kids every day, it's how many days to Halloween, right? So this is a perfect way to count down. The stories are all about your costume, Halloween parties, trick or treating, all that great stuff that you just love about Charlie Brown and his friends. So definitely to me, this isn't like a super scary book. I give it like a one or a two ghost emoji. But it's, you should definitely pick it up if you have someone who is looking to help you read at night. These are great stories. Peanuts, Countdown to Halloween with a story a day. I love that. That's almost like an October advent calendar. It, it, you're right, exactly. Countdown to Halloween. And I love that you love Halloween as much as me. I know there's others out there, but I'm the same way. Like as soon as, you know, today's October 1st, it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, we're getting, we're watching charlie brown at least five times because i it's, love it it's so wonderful but we we mix in rocky horror with the, <laughs> the rocky or horror. hocus pocus right i mean who's not hocus pocus they're great so good. yeah okay so i'm going to jump in with another middle grade all of my books are middle grade i did lots of middle grade this month there's and lots of good ones out there I know there's just and it, and I think when you're talking about creepy scary there's not like if you want like a really we want the content to give you a little bit, bit of hmm. factor it's yeah. you know mid to upper middle grade like there's sure. I mean how many horror picture books do you find probably not very many okay so I read Spirit Hunters by Ellen O now this book I noted was like Amityville Horror meets The Exorcist. So we've got the haunted house trope and possession. Are you with me? Are you still following? Are you scared? It was- I am. So good. So, so good. This is number one in the Spirit Hunter series. There's just two that I could see right now. I'm not sure if she's finishing it up as a series or a trilogy but there are two in the series that you can read right now. This really felt like a pulse pounding adventure. Like I was in like right away. So here's our setup. Feeling uncomfortable from the moment she arrives in her new home, Harper is dismayed by local rumors that her house is haunted and that every family who's ever lived there has suffered terrible tragedies. A situation that runs sinister when her cheerful little brother, Michael, begins acting in alarming ways. Harper and her new friend, Dial, begin investigating the history of the house in an attempt to figure out why Michael is acting so strangely. They go down a creepy rabbit hole that unlocks a mystery of Harper's past that will forever change her and the way she sees the world, the living and the dead world. There were legit creepy moments in this book. Does this little Michael like ride a tricycle too at some point in the book? There's no, my gosh. No, but there's a truck, there's a fire truck. Like (laughs) there's a little scene with a fire truck. And when you have a little brother, um, I think he's about six years old acting weird. Like if Paul is all of a sudden acting like 
yeah, it, it's, there's some truly frightening scenes. I gave it four ghost emojis. Um, it gave me like the haunted house vibe, like gave me amulet vibes. Like there's a lot of, like, if I would say, if you enjoy amulet, definitely pick up spirit hunters. Like I said, the possession is, I mean, we're getting into like some serious horror genre, like tropes, right? Yeah. I really thought it was creepy. There was a lot of haunting imagery. Um, perfect for our beginner horror fans. I love that it's diverse. And again, because every book I pick up has these layers, Ellen O does sneak in some subtle racism mm. book because the characters are Korean and there's one or two scenes where you cringe and you're like, whoa, like that's not cool. So racism, it's not it's not like a major, it's not a major um, theme. theme. However, it's stuck in there for a reason. And I think again, it's there's a importance to adding that to this book and it works really well and it fits with the whole storyline. Perfect, perfect, perfect for this time of year. That's Ellen O's Spirit Hunters. One of my middle grade picks for this month is called The Dollhouse, A Ghost Story. It's written uh, by Cheris Cotter. It was fantastic. The cover, I think, is beautiful, and it grabbed me right away. I didn't even know what the book was about, but I was like, that cover alone is beautiful. So I'll give you the setup, as Leanna likes to call it. Uh, our story begins on June 21st of 1997, summer solstice. With Anna on a train, we learn that she is in the middle of some serious family issues and summer plans have changed as her parents are no longer getting along. Her mom has taken a job as a live-in nurse in a big old house with a not-so-nice old lady. The house holds many locked-away secrets, including a replica dollhouse and a doll who resembles a girl that Alice meets when Alice goes to sleep. Okay. So first of all, the story starts in a train and I feel like any book that starts in a train is usually a pretty good book. And I was in for the ride. I'm like, let's do this. The book is atmospheric. Um, I mean, Alice is a girl who has a vivid, a vivid imagination and she tends to let it run wild. And to me, there were again, like different layers throughout the book and it left you constantly going, what, what, what? It's an old house. The mom and Alice are given warnings. You don't want to live in that house. You don't want to go there. Bad things happen. Um, this, I will say though, there's a couple of things that I'm wondering if, if Cheris actually actually listens to this podcast, the doll or the, and the girl that she meets when she sleeps, her name is Fizz, which is for Fiona. And I'm like, Hey, does she watch Coronation Street? Because one of my favorite characters from Coronation Street is Fizz. Anyway, I digress. I love this book. There's lots of different literary references. I mean, Alice alone, the main character, you know, if you think about Alice, she goes down that rabbit hole and this is sort of the sort of thing that happens with Alice. She does, when they are on the train there, she does get a bump on her head and it leads you to wonder what's really happening when she's dreaming and going to sleep. And then it left me wondering, I said to Leanna, like I, we're both big fans of the show Lost that hasn't been on for like over 10 years now. But when I'd watch that show, you were constantly wondering, where are we? Is this real? What's going on? And that's how I felt as I read this book. I kept thinking like, what's real? What's not real? Is it a dream? Is it reality? I just didn't know. So it was a great book. I loved it. Um, probably maybe a three out of five ghosts. 
if you don't like scary stuff, especially if you don't like scary, if you don't like dolls, like I grew up loving porcelain dolls. I don't know that I feel the same way about porcelain dolls now, but there you go. So that's The Dollhouse, A Ghost Story, written by Cheris Cotter. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. And porcelain dolls are definitely in the top five <laughs> things. Like up there with clowns. It's like clowns. Oh, yeah. No, I don't do clowns. I don't tied do with porcelain dolls. Like what's creepier? Is there like a clown porcelain doll? Probably. I have a clown porcelain doll. Probably haunts people. <laughs> so but yeah. that's, a, that's super super creepy. I'm kind of mm-hmm. out when it comes to dolls because oh it's just some it's just too much because they're too if they're real like they're real right. like toys and stuff. Yeah that one sounds fantastic. Okay mm-hmm. okay we got my next one is a favorite and I was surprised because I didn't talk about it last year when we did our creepy reads mm. um, and that's the City of Ghosts series by Victoria Schwab. Now this is a series, now I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I read the most recent installment to the series, Bridge of Souls, which is number three. So right now it's a middle grade trilogy, but I can't just talk about Bridge of Souls. I think I just have to do an overview of the entire series because you need to read number one, City of Ghosts. Um, You can go out of order, but I would start with number one because it's the perfect introduction to Cassidy Blake and her world. And even though each book feels episodic, so each book has a very um, specific issue or problem they're solving, for character development, it's perfect to start with number one. So like I said, this is by Victoria Schwab. She writes middle grade, she writes YA, she writes under V.E. Schwab for her adult books. This woman knows what she's doing and she does it really, really well. So in City of Ghosts, which is number one, we meet Cassidy Blake. She's a bit of an outsider and thinks that being popular is literally the worst thing in the world. She's really into photography and hanging out with her cat Grimm and best friend Jacob, who happens to be a ghost. We found out early in the first book that Cassidy had a near-death experience and ghostly Jacob saved her. So in saving her, Jacob was sort of pulled out of the ghost world and Cassidy was pulled into the ghost world. So she's able to access what is referred to as the in-between. From that moment, she was able to see ghosts and Jacob was able to live in the human realm, but nobody else can see him but Cassidy. Cassidy's parents, who I absolutely adore, are involved in the paranormal community and they announce in the first book that they're canceling the family's summer vacation to film their new ghost hunting television series, The Inspectors, in Edinburgh, Scotland. This is a show where they investigate haunted places like graveyards and castles around the world. And like I said, their first stop is Scotland. So the wonderful thing about this book, in addition to being perfectly and deliciously creepy, is the fact that each book travels to a new city. So Cassidy, I love it. So Cassidy and Jacob and Grimm, they pack up and they go with her parents to these creepy locations. So in City of Ghosts, they go to Scotland. 
Number two, which is called Tunnel of Bones, they visit Paris, France, specifically mm. the catacombs, Bones. which I can totally attest to being honestly the creepiest thing I ever did in my life. And I would love to go back. And then in number three, in Bridge of Souls, they go to New Orleans. And each oh. book, each book is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. All of our horror wannabe readers in the nine to 12 age range, I always recommend the City of Ghosts series. Um, it's wonderful, it, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. I love that she throws in a lot of Harry Potter references. Mm. And in that way, like I feel like a lot of our kids because a lot of our young readers have read Harry Potter. So this is a nice segue where, because Harry Potter, let's face it, gets pretty creepy as the books go along. For sure. So the, so the readers that really enjoyed Harry Potter for that mystery, for that, you know, the supernatural, like ghostly things that happen and the villains that, you know, Harry has to fight, they will enjoy Cassidy and what she is sort of encounters um, on her, her adventures. And I like how Victoria brings in those references because they can, they will connect to it and having any sort of pulp culture reference in current middle grade is great yeah and the last thing I will say is that Victoria weaves in like real life ghost stories to each of these books so even though they're fiction like she has like legitimate ghostly encounters um from like Scotland from Paris from New Orleans that are like like she researched and they're like grounded yeah. like factual events so that's super fun that is the City of Ghosts series by Victoria Schwab and each book I would give four ghost emojis. All right. So as a kid, I'm sure many of you love to play hide and seek. There's something about the game hide and seek that kids just love that scare factor of it all, but in like a really good way, right? Well, Leanne and I have picked two books. We each have a book each about that may not, you may not want to play hide and seek the same way ever again. Nope. So my book is called Hide and Don't Seek and Other Very Scary Stories. It's by Annika Rose Reese, and it's a collection of short stories. So this book is absolutely perfect if you're um, a teacher who's maybe teaching like grade six, seven, eight, and leading up to Halloween, you want to read some short stories to your kids who you know maybe are okay with a little bit of scary stuff. This is a great book because these stories are about two, three pages long. And yeah, they're a little bit scary. There's stories about dolls. They're sort of about hide and seek. That's the initial story. And, you know, you're just not going to look at cornfields the same way. There's doll stories. There's like, there's some great poetry throughout it too, with little rhymes, um, sleepaway camp secrets. I mean, anything that you think could lead to something scary they've covered in she's covered in this book it's great it's a fantastic read especially if you're a reader who doesn't necessarily like to read a big chapter book this is perfect to do your short stories so that's hide and don't seek and other very scary stories by Annika Rose Reese. that was my scary voice how did it sound I'm terrified <laughs> I love that. And I just have to follow up by saying that the short stories, I always recommend the scary stories to tell. Mm. The yeah. The scary stories, again, they're just the perfect complement for this time of year. Again, if you don't yeah. want to jump into a big chapter book, you just yep. get the for sure. of creep. And sometimes 
those are the creepiest when it's only Absolutely. like, I think that's fantastic. So we really wanted to end on the hide and seek theme because my book, and again, as I said, I was going not so creepy to creepy. This is creepy. And this is five ghost emojis. Creepy. Ooh. This is Daka Herman's debut hide and seeker. Oh God. so this is middle grade so this is legitimately middle grade horror I would give this I wouldn't give this to kids younger than 10 definitely 10 plus it is so atmospheric and creepy it's just it's just one of those books that I I you know I'd wake up in the middle of the night a couple times as I was reading it and think about it and have that little thing in my brain that was like, okay, you don't want to go to the washroom. You're going to just wait. You're just going to wait here under the covers with the dog and not move. So this one, so if Spirit Hunters was sort of that Amityville meets the exorcist, Hide and Seeker is it all the way without a clown, but it had so many parallels to Stephen King's it. Like obviously mm. that's like a thousand pages. Like if it was a, if it was a novella, it just it really reminded me so here's our setup so we've got a close-knit group of friends there's Justin Lyric and Nia and they're throwing a welcome home party for Z a friend who mysteriously disappeared a year ago Z randomly returns with lots of bruises and scratches covering his body and is acting strangely mumbling rhymes about a seeker that will take them all What we find out early on is that the seeker is this creepy malevolent force who uses the game of hide and seek to abduct children. Of course, the friends decide to play their last game of hide and seek at this not so welcome home party. And one by one, Justin's other friends start to disappear. Justin, Nia and Lyric set out on a trail of clues and possibly possible suspects hoping to find their missing peers. No sooner do the details of the mystery begin to come to light that Justin, the last of the group, is unwillingly transported into the shadow realm known as nowhere. Again, so now we've got that lost world where you're like, is this real? Where am I? So in this parallel universe, the seeker keeps children hostage, feeding off of their fears if you touch someone, you pick up their fears. One of the character, Duke, who's taken, he lists all the fears he's had acquired being in this shadow realm known as nowhere. Being alone, fire, dogs, heights, dolls, shadows, the dentist, dark crows, like all these things this evil entity does to kids when he knows that that's what they're afraid of. It's horrifying. It's so, so, so scary. What I loved about this is that under all of this creepiness is a really solid story about friendship and the value of friendships and family. So there's a lot, again, DACA is just not writing like a flippant little horror story to make you too scared to go pee in the middle of the night. Like there's a lot of substance here. And I just loved how overall the story is really about banding together and trying to figure out how to conquer this monster, which is why it reminded me of Pennywise and it and how they have to like get, they have to fight it and they have to work together to do it. 
And I feel, you know what? I feel like, I feel like that book and I feel like my book, The Dollhouse would be great movie adaptations if M. Night Shyamalan were to like get the rights to these books. Oh my gosh. Right? Only if he's directing like he right. directed the first few few movies. Yes. The, the last few films have been duds. But yes, yeah. if, he, if they're going to go into like a Sixth Sense. The um, Village. Signs kind of cons. Like yes. yes. Yeah, I might take it on. But you're right. Honestly. Like Hide and Seeker. Oh, yes. This, I can see this being a film or like a limited Netflix series. Like it's, there's so much to it. And like this, the Seeker is like this character, like this horrifying character who he basically plucks the kids while they're playing hide and seek if they break the rules. So it's like, if you peek, if you peek, like you're, oh my God, it's just so, so. I'm out, I can't read it, can't do it. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's such, it has such a unique concept. It's culturally diverse. It's, it's really a wonderful read. That's Daka Herman's Hide and Seeker. So those are our spooky or mood reads for the month of October. We hope you check them out, like them too. I wonder how many ghosts you'll give them. Uh, and don't forget, of course, to visit either of our locations for our Take and Make kit. Our theme for our Take and Make kit this month is Dia de las Muertos, Day of the Dead, and you'll be making your own little paper nicho. So it's kind of cute and fun. So there you go to honor all those spirits maybe that you are thinking of around any time of the year so so it's like if you peek if you peek like you're oh my god it's just so so i'm out i can't read it can't do it <laughs> i love it i love it i love it. it's such it has such a unique concept it's culturally diverse it's it's really a wonderful read that's daka herman's hide and seeker so those are our spooky or mood reads for the month of October. We hope you check them out, like them too. I wonder how many ghosts you'll give them. Uh, and don't forget, of course, to visit either of our locations for our Take and Make kit. Our theme for our Take and Make kit this month is Dia de las Muertos, Day of the Dead, and you'll be making your own little paper nicho. So it's kind of cute and fun. So there you go. To honor all those spirits maybe that you are thinking of around thanks so much for listening today we hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles all the books discussed today are available in print and digital format on either overdrive cloud library or hoopla please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other fantastic programs the library has to offer thanks bye-bye juicebox book talks is a brantford public library podcast developed by liana flumiani that's me and me laura virag Edited by Anna Flaherty. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com. 